from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports show, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, as well as on facebook.com backslash livenowdt that you see on the scroll right here, and youtube.com backslash wakeupcalldt, all of it inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, and we appreciate you being here with us every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. For those of you that celebrate Easter, as I do, happy Easter. Uh, happy Passover to everybody out there, if I didn't say that before. And so I hope you are all enjoying your time. Uh, Easter is a very meaningful time for me. Uh, rebirth, a regroup, and a reminder that life is uh, really not that hard. You know what I mean? Uh, we look at things that are difficult, but uh, the, the God I believe in just... We're not going to experience having thorns on our head and being nailed to a cross and being left out in the sun and rocks at us and spit and 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 just and getting whipped and carrying a cross. I mean, it's we complain about our situation, and granted, yeah, things happen that we don't always like, but you know, the God I believe in went through more than I will ever experience. Uh, he went through more in his pinky than I'll ever experience and died for us in the hopes that we won't feel the pain and suffering or that we'll be able to navigate through pain and suffering. So, you know, whatever you believe in, I am very uh, thankful that for what I believe in, it guides me, it guards me, and it feeds my soul. So... I hope that you had a happy Easter. I want to give a shout out to my mom and dad. Uh, great time. My dad and I got to get some breakfast, and uh, it was very good. Got to hang out with Pops. And uh, my mom and I got to have some dinner together. Shout out to uh, Amy as well, who joined us. And just really had a good time. My mom made some incredible sweet potatoes. My G-mama would be very proud. I know she is. And I got to make some rigot pie, which is always better the colder it gets. So I'm letting it sit in my fridge. And um, just letting it continue to cool down. But I hope you had a great Easter. I hope you had some fun. I hope you spent it with loved ones and, you know, relaxed and had a good time. Because that's what it's all about. You know, and this Easter really was a reminder to me in such a big way uh, to not apologize about your faith, to not apologize about who you are, and to just be a good person. So I, I hope Easter did something for you. And I hope it continues to in a positive way. I watched a really good movie, too, that was based on a true story and on Netflix. There's some really good stuff on Netflix. So uh, it was nice because I don't usually sit down to watch a movie lately unless it's like midnight. And I did that with my mom. So I got to watch a movie, which was fun. And we all had a good time. So, And you, if you still have parents that make you Easter baskets because they just rock as human beings then shout out to your parents because my, my mom made me this like huge like extravagant basket and uh, 35 years old and she still thinks of me and 
and does nice stuff. Got something for Lily too, so it was really cool. So with that being said, we have uh, Coach Autry here with us on the broadcast coming in on the live line. We're happy to have Adrian with us. You know that he's an alum of the Syracuse basketball program as a player and, of course, as the associate head coach has been with the team for a while here and helping to recruit and helping to build up these kids once they get to Syracuse. And obviously a lot of success has come while Adrian has been on that staff. So let's bring him in. Coach Autry, how are we doing today? Yeah, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. So how? Uh, first and foremost, how was Easter weekend for you? Did you get to do anything fun? You know, uh, I, I, I spent some time with my daughter. Um, my my other son, we had to take back home, so my wife did those honors for me. <laughs> but just kind of just some quiet time, downtime with my daughter and uh, just trying to, you know, get ready to start uh, getting back into the gym and, and uh, moving forward with the off-season stuff. Well, and that's the thing. Like, people think once that season's over, Sweet 16, there's a little break. Coaching doesn't stop, and for for you, like you said, I mean, this just happened. You celebrate Easter back in the gym. What can you say about if you want to be a successful coach, if you want to be a productive coach, then essentially the season's never over. No, I think um, you know, you know, coaching is a part of it, but also people understand, you know, we're mentoring, we're guiding, so you know, all, all year round, you know, we're trying to develop these these young these young athletes. Um, into adults, and uh, so it's, it's constantly mentoring and and, and making and pushing them, you know, on the court and off the court. You know, right now it's the court is finished. Now it's mentoring them and making sure that they finish up the academic part, academics, and starting to put together a plan of moving forward. So it's constant. Um, you got to have discipline and organization, and always looking ahead and preparing and being able to reflect and put things in perspective. Um, both on the court and off the court. Adrian, uh, for you, what is what's what are some of the biggest challenges you have as the associate head coach that we don't see when you talk about you know the off the court, making sure academics are good? I mean, obviously you dealt with so much this year uniquely, but what can you say are some of the challenges we never see? Uh, well, I think um, just just the, the ups and downs of of, peop- of of experiences that we have. As you know, people, um, these guys have the same same ups and downs, uh, roller coasters, and different challenges. And it's more off the court, you know, than, than it is on the court. Basketball is, you know, something that you can kind of get on the court and, and see some results right away, as opposed to you know the other things off the court. You know, things don't change like that. You know, you got to make the constant change, of challenging yourself to be positive, to stay positive, to challenge yourself to to get up and pick yourself up when you fall down, things like that. You know, I think those are the, the most challenging things. Just trying to keep them and letting them know they have someone in their corner. You know, truly, and not just care about them as a basketball player. I think those are the biggest things for coaches, not only myself, but everybody on this staff, and probably every other coach. You know, in college basketball, you know, it's so much more than basketball. Um, as building these guys, basketball is a part of it, but it's really about building these young men to be able to face adversity, don't let it get you down, and keep going. Associate head coach Adrian Autry of the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team here on Wake Up Call with Dan Satori inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios. Adrian, there has been so much uh, to uh, really so much to unpack and get into from this season that has happened, is happening, and moving forward. Uh, the, the pandemic, not knowing if there's going to be a season, 
Coach Bayheim coming down with COVID at the beginning of the season, having to start and stop a couple times in season with with Buddy and Marek and Joe and Frank. I mean, how did, how did you navigate this as a staff and, and how trying was it? And did you ever have a moment where you felt uh, where hope was lost? Was there, was there ever a notion of that going through this pandemic and being one of the teams that was, you know, affected by it? And, and obviously first and foremost, your care and concern is that everybody stays healthy. You know, I think that, like you said, the last bit is the first and foremost, just making sure that everyone was healthy. Um, I never thought, I thought once the NCAA and all these conferences and these leagues put protocols in place, I thought everyone had a commitment um, to get it through, barring, you know, nothing, you know, serious. Now, the one time that I did think that this season um, was going to stop was obviously when the, 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 the player from Florida passed out, um, coming out of a timeout. And, uh, you know, I thought a lot of our season hung in a balance based on the information that we were going to receive back from what actually caused that. Um, and once that got cleared away, I thought we were finished. I and mean, obviously it was going to be tough, but I thought we would finish up the season. But that was the one moment um, that I thought we, we might not make it through this through this season. And obviously the challenges, we knew there were going to be challenges. Um, but I, I just knew how important it was for us to try to, you know, not only for the athletes, but, you know, everyone involved, to try to push through this difficult time. Because, you know, you just can't stop in certain situations. Um and you gotta gotta move forward. I just thought that we needed this season. I thought everybody needed this season um, to try to get back to some some type of normalcy and get back to being, you know, having that having that experience of being a student athlete. So I was very um, proud that we were able to push through. I was very happy that um, all the you know the universities and college colleges decided to 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 put a plan in place and, and to be committed to it and push through it. You know, getting through it, you guys advanced all the way forward to the Sweet 16. And, and I can say that on my bracket, that's exactly where I had you guys. But, you know, what what can you say about, you know, pushing pushing through that? And it almost seems like when Syracuse is a double-digit seed, it almost it almost seems like better off because of, you know, that kind of chip on the shoulder, so to speak. But what can you tell me about this team and how they navigated adversity uh, the world wanted to count them out, as so many times with Syracuse. Uh, Fairweather fans came and went, came back again. Uh, what can you say about uh, what you saw from the inside out of this team, not only making the tournament, finishing the season the way that you did, uh, Quincy telling me that they, they were playing your best four games of basketball when you beat North Carolina, beat Clemson, beat NC State, and lost to Virginia at the buzzer, and then you know got into the NCAA tournament and made it to the Sweet 16. What can you tell me about this run and your thoughts of this run from the inside out? Well, I thought like like uh, I thought it was it was like what Quincy said. You know, from those four games, from that from that North Carolina game on, we I seen the team just really start to play and understand and gel and, and come together. It was just like we had just caught our rhythm and stride right at the right time. And we were just really on Selection Sunday hoping that we got a chance to get in because obviously we had some interruptions and we had some ups and downs. But we thought the last three weeks of the season we were striding along and if we could have 
stretched that out and extended it, you know, earlier, it would have been no sweating, you know. <laughs> but, you know, the last four games, we really started gelling and, and, and picking it up. And I think everybody, you know, understood what we what what needed to be do what we, what we had to do excuse me to win and uh and i and it was just exciting to see these guys just come together and everybody's just playing together as a unit it was no it was nothing else but to win the basketball game the effort was great in practice the effort was great during the game so it, it was really fun to see speaking here with adrian autry of syracuse orange men's basketball so we we come off this season and we come off the career of Marek Dolajai and uh, you you had such a tremendous story and I got to travel with you all the way through it because you let me and I, I thank you so much for that. I can't believe it's been uh, over four years since we, you and I were talking about him, but to, to see what he has meant to this program as he steps forward as a professional and as he looks to have a career beyond this. What are you most proud of with Marek, and what are your words for him as he steps forward? You know, I, I, I sat in, Marek stopped by my office last week, and we both kind of sit there, sat there, and we looked across from each other, and I asked him, I said, how was your experience? And his, his, his answer um, really made me emotional. He said, Coach, it was the best experience. I could have never dreamed of it any better. He said, I came here expecting to not play as a freshman, um, and he played. Uh, he came in saying expected as a sophomore to get maybe eight minutes, and he started. <laughs> you know, um, and each year, just the way he thought his career would play out and what he did and what he accomplished um, and experienced, and him saying that meant the world to me. Obviously, to this program, I think, you know, he, he helped us out a lot. I mean, he was a big part of a sweet, you know, he's part of two sweet 16 runs, you know, making a tournament. He made the tournament three years out of four. And, you know, he just came in with no expectations and just fought and battled and added so much to our team and played different roles. And again, this, these last year, these last two years, he was really the focal point. The offense ran through him. Yeah. And he was our point guard, so to speak. And uh, he just made so many things happen. And, uh, you know, I think he'll go down as a, you know, I know as one of the fan favorites, but it, it goes, his value to the program goes way beyond, um, you know, statistics. You know, he did so much, and I was just so happy to hear his hear his his reaction and hear his thoughts about his experience. And it really made me emotional, and I'm, I'm going to miss him. I, I know that. Just, just uh, he, he came in every day with a great mentality, a great attitude, very thankful, and just wanted to do anything it took to win, you know, sacrifice, you know, his personal goals or whatever it was. He never, he never, he never, he never even thought about that. All he wanted to do was try to help, help the team and win. And, uh, you know, um, obviously you can tell I can keep going on and on, but Marek uh, was, was a special player and he was a special um, recruit for me and uh, just to watch him grow. And a guy that came over here didn't speak probably 20 yeah. 20, 20 sentences of English and now to see him do interviews and obviously still working but to, to do interviews and, and, and to come out of his shell because he was a quiet kid obviously you know making that transition from one country to another language barriers and all that to see him grow is it, it's really gratifying yeah and it's so cool because like I feel the same way you know like Marek's evolution of when I interviewed him in the beginning to now is is so incredible 
and his evolution as a player. I was a fan of him when he was doing all the stuff that wasn't on the stat sheet when he was a freshman. So seeing people like fall in love with him is cool. And at the same time, I'm like, I, I, I love that you said that when I've said that for the last two years, I'm like, he's been the point guard and he's, his vision is incredible. He can handle the ball. He's really played all five positions. If you look at his talent and you know, he's going to be, so what do you want to say to professional teams around the world? What are they getting if they get Marek? I mean, I think you're getting a player. I think every, every, every coach wants to have a selfless guy that's going to do whatever it takes to help the team win. You know, whatever you ask him to do, he's going to do it, and he's going to do it at 110%. And, uh, and, I, and I think, you know, his biggest his business, his biggest obstacle is for him to now, and we talked about this, is to really, really commit himself to the weight room. You know, and I think if he commits himself to the weight room, you know, there's no telling where you can see him playing at. You know, he's, he's that skilled. I mean, again, he's a 6'10 guy that can dribble pass, Obviously, he has a 15, you know, his, his range needs to increase, but I think that'll increase with with strength and, and, and confidence. Um, but, I mean, a guy that can do everything you want on the court. He can defend. He's athletic. Um, just a versatile guy. Obviously, the, the strength is going to be his biggest thing. And if he can commit to that and continually uh, commit to that and stay focused to that and be determined to that and add, add you know, 15, 20 pounds, I, I mean, you just, you just never know where you can see him at. He's that good of a player. And we know that with him stepping forward, there's other guys that are uh, stepping forward in, in a different way. Uh, the transfer portal, as as you know, and, and Coach Bayheim and, and Jerry and, and Alan and, and, and coaches around the world understand that we live in a different world than when you were playing. Kadari moving forward is an interesting situation, Adrian. And I think it speaks to the fact that uh, the world's, uh, you know, that people can, uh, people... <laughs> talking about Joe versus Kadari instead of them as teammates all season, it, it it got picked up over and over and over again and creates this this world of who deserves it, who should have it. Uh, what what was it like going through that process? Because it, it was almost an echo telling Kadari that he should be the starter. Joe's the starter. Kadari's coming in and doing great things. And ultimately, we see Kadari leaving. So, what was that experience like, and, and how tough is it to lose a guy who obviously you guys know is so very talented? Well, you know, you know again, this is a you know a, you know a time there, you know, patience, you know, that is very very little patience. Um, I, I I mean, again, it was the rhetoric, it was the, it was the talk outside of it, but I thought both guys again inside our our bubble, our team. I've never seen any issues. You know, he came. You know, Kadari was a, is a great kid. He was a teammate. If you watch him, if you watch both of them, those guys all pull for each other. You know, I just, I just, it was just one of those things where, you know, obviously it's different media outlets and it's, it's, uh, you know, social media platform. Everyone, you know, on top of the writers, you know, can make comments. And, you know, I, it was just sad to see that, obviously. But I think ultimately, you know, it never really penetrated our, our locker room. Um, you know, Kadari was a great teammate. I thought Joe, you know, they they, they both complement each other. They were a reason, you know, why we won in this game and this season. You know, everybody played a role in it, and that was the exciting part. You know, everyone played a role in it. You know, it was games. You know, obviously the last couple of games, you know, Buddy was the last month. Buddy was unbelievable. You know, um, but then it was a, it was a stretch where you know Kadari 
was really was really helpful, helped us win games. You know, when the time that those guys were out and we had to beat Buffalo, you know, Kadari's a part of that. And then uh, then it was times where, you know, obviously Alan Griffin was good. Quincy was good. We just had a team that was very talented. And, and again, I think everyone understood their talents. And it was every game, it, it could be someone different. But to answer your question, I, I think, again, it never penetrated our locker room. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, it's just we, we lost Kadari. Obviously, a big loss. We wish him well. He's super talented. Um, and just, just wish the best for him. But this is just... The time we live in, you know, um, it's a lot of options and you know, a lot of different things. And, and obviously, you know, when things are not how people want them now, they have choices. So um, just wish him the best, you know, because he's a he's a great kid. And uh, he was he was he was he did a tremendous job for us. You know, he, he allowed us to have three guards and he was a part of our run. He helped us. Speaking here with Adrian Autry, Syracuse Orange Associate Head Coach for the basketball team. Adrian, to come off of that, what do you want to say to people that, that attack players? I mean, you've been a player yourself, but, you know, the world of social media didn't exist, you know, back at a time. It's hard to believe a world that didn't have it to the people that only know it. But, you know, Joe Girard III has been attacked. Buddy's been attacked. Uh, Coach Bayheim deals with it all the time. What do you want to say to the people that are that are lashing out and attacking these kids? Because I've, I've namely with Joe Girard, I've seen I've seen just, just horrible stuff, and 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 it just really it bothers me because you know I'm not that type of media person. I'm a point one percenter because I actually care about the kids, and I know the other ninety nine point nine are looking for a story. But uh, what do you have to say to people that are attacking the players? I always say this: if you're an adult. Think about if it was your kid. And if you're a peer, think about how you want someone. Think about if someone was writing about you. Obviously, you can, you know, social media is, is, a, is a way to express yourself and express your opinions. But I think some of this stuff gets carried uh, a little bit too far. Um, and, you know, it's hard to, you know, I, I have young kids and I try to tell them to. Obviously, it's good things about social media. Then it's things that you just can't, you know, you try to stay away from, you know. Um, and obviously, everyone's trying to, like you said, get a click or negativity kind of sells. And it's, it's sad. But you got to think about these are young adults. They don't, they're not professionals. And obviously, when they become professionals, you know, they get compensated. And that kind of comes with the territory. And obviously, this is a step towards it. It's the next step. But these are young adults. And you, you just don't know the damage that you could cause by the things that you tweet or the things that you, you know, make a comment on to someone else. You know, uh, you, you know, you just don't you don't know the damage that it can take. And I just think that people would I would hope that people can start to take consideration, um, especially if it's an adult, if that was their child. You know, and these and these are kids, these are human beings and they have parents and they have family members. You know, and these guys all made a sacrifice. Um, and to, to play this game and they're at the highest level and all they're going out there to do is try to play the best that they can play. Sometimes it's not good enough. Sometimes it's good, you know, but, you know, these are people, you know, and, and that's what, that's the biggest, that's the one message I can say is, you know, take, take, you know, just stop and think before you start commenting about if it was you, if it was your son, if it was your brother, you know, your family member, or if it was even you. And obviously, you you can express things, but you know some of the things are just over the top. Yeah, you know, and and with these you know things and opinions and whatnot, we 
we see uh, within all this, uh, people obviously have an opinion of, of the transfer portal. Uh, Robert Braswell, he's a guy that uh, you know because you, you and I go back and forth and joke about this, but I'm a Jaguar fan and so is Braz. And uh, so I'm going to miss him because, you know, like you take Braz out of Syracuse and like there's five Jacksonville fans here. So what am I going to do? But uh, but what can you tell me about Robert Braswell? And I mean, his shot improved, which I love to see. Uh, he was, you know, he, he had a string of games where he made at least one three point shot uh, coming off the bench. And sometimes I, I feel like, uh, you know, it, it was a struggle to to get those minutes. And then you see him get out there and Bayheim trust him down the stretch. Uh, what can you tell me about the loss of Robert Braswell? And did it surprise you that uh, that he was leaving Syracuse at a time where I felt like he was really like earning his keep, so to speak? Yeah, obviously it was it was a surprise um, because you you started to see him, you know, get the get the minutes towards the end of the year, and he was a guy that you know he doesn't say much, um, but comes to work and he works hard, has a great work ethic so you was excited and you were happy for him and you know so you thought hey man you know he's going to continue to get better and build but obviously you know he's been here three years and you know you know he he made a decision to do what he thought was best for him and I wish him the best great kid uh, another kid that when I speak at Marekka guy that came in didn't say much just to see him mature you know off the court uh to see him put the work in when he went through that serious injury and, and, and to see him do the things to get himself back to play and then start off the way he started off this year and then never hold his head down and keep coming to practice and then eventually be a part of a Sweet 16 run and be a big-time contributor and play basically started minutes at the end of the year just speaks to his character, and I was just so happy to see him uh, fight through that. And that's all, that's all you want to see because those things carry over into life. And as these guys become adults and they become and they go through different challenges off the court, to be able to have that and know that they have that in them, and to be able to correlate that and translate that to those to those situations, you know, it was just happy to see that. You know, that 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 was that was happy to see. I'm going to miss Rob. Um, I, you know, again, I thought, you know, that uh, he was just starting to turn the corner and really kind of, you know, show himself. And uh, but uh, he was just he was just a really great a great student athlete on and off the court, you know, in the books, he was, he was, he was, he did what he was supposed to do. Um, and it was just exciting to be a part of his growth. Um, I wish it, you know, we could have continued to watch him grow, but I'll still watch him grow from afar and I'm sure he'll do great things wherever he goes. On the other side of it, Adrian, and I appreciate those words and I know Braz does too. He's an awesome guy. So as, as we move forward here, you've been on the other side of the transfer portal uh, what can you tell me about about? I mean, there is talent coming in. We do know that there is there is a, a gentleman coming in that uh, that was recruited traditionally, and then we do know that there's at least a couple guys coming in right now through the transfer portal. What can you tell me about the talent that's coming in? Well, I mean, you talk about guys that have played, that have some experience. Um, you know, you know, obviously one of the transfers coming from a you know championship program you know high level program you know and, and guys that are both coming that are you know that are that have chips on their shoulders want to prove that they could be more and they want to be at Syracuse you know and uh and they know what college is about so you're getting guys that are prepared um to have a chip and they understand what college is about and they understand the ups and downs of a the season they understand things like that obviously they're going to have you know a transition period of adjusting to think the way we do things but you're getting guys that are you know that have college experience and they're talented guys. They're talented guys. 
is is Syracuse done with the movement? Can we can we still have some March Madness in April? I mean, what what do we have to expect here? Are y'all still? I mean, I know I know how you recruit, Adrian. I know you recruit all the time. So uh, is I, I don't I feel like this isn't over yet. I mean, you, you just don't know. I mean, to be honest with you, each day, you know, someone could give you a call and say, "Hey, coach, call us and say, hey, coach, we want we want we want to do a di- something different.'" So it's obviously fluid. Every day, again, if you know you lose someone that you don't expect, and then you look and there's people out there. So again, people out there. So you always everything is fluid right now. So you just don't know. So I couldn't answer that. You know, again, you, you just don't know what your roster is going to look like from day to day, from day to day. So you just really, you just don't know. And a, a final moment here, final piece, uh, Quincy Garrier. Uh, fans, when they hear putting their name in the NBA draft is an early entry. People go nuts. Uh, I temper expectations that you know Quincy is doing what so many people can do now due to an awesome rule that the NBA came up with a few years back, which allows you to see where the NBA thinks you're at and to get real-time advice in the moment about your play, about what you have, what you need to work on. So how vital is it for players to take this opportunity? And what do you think about Quincy taking this moment to learn and to see what the NBA thinks of him and for fans to understand that this doesn't mean he's gone. It means he is seeking information. Yeah, I think, you know, the one complaint about the process before they came up with this rule was, well, they don't get enough information and people make uneducated decisions and things like that. So now you come up with the rule and, you know, obviously the fans, like you said, that you know, people from the outside think, oh, wait, once he puts his name in, he's gone. No, this is them capitalizing and getting more information about what what the next level thinks of them and things that they, you know, need to improve on. So I think it all depends on the player. I think Quincy, obviously, is doing the right thing. He's put himself in position and talk after the season that he had. He wants to see, you know, where he's at. Um, and, again, I think it's about making the best decision. I, I love this rule. Obviously, it's... It's 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 hard, you know, when you you got one of your best players kind of going through the process. But ultimately, that's what that's what that's what this thing is for everybody. I think uh, you know you just want to make people make the best decisions and, and have an informed decision whether they choose to come back or go. At least they have the information. Um, you know, we support that. Um, we're with him. We're actually going to just start get back in the gym in a couple of weeks before he leaves because he has to finish up school and start to get him prepared for that. You know, and that's. That's what we're here for, you know, to, to offer that support. So, you know, we'll see what happens. I think, um, you know, he's he's actually made a big step from his freshman year to this year. And, you know, he wants to get the information. There's nothing wrong with that. Nothing at all. Nothing wrong with that. And with that being said, I appreciate the information, Adrian, that you gave us here today on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora inside of the Cafe Kubal Studios, Syracuse Orange Men's Basketball Associate Head Coach, the, the final note here, because I've never asked you about it, and you and I have known each other on and off the court for a long time, uh, almost a decade we've been talking, associate head coach. I saw that you know show up o- over the last few seasons, and I was like, oh, pardon me, Adrian. Ain't no assistant coach on there anymore. It says associate head coach. So uh, what's life like as an associate head coach? Is there a difference to it? Does Bayheim put more on your clipboard? What can you tell me about that? No, I mean, again, um, obviously some, some some different responsibilities from here and there. But for the most part, you know, we all come in and you know, we roll up our sleeves and obviously we do work um, and we work together as a team. 
Um, but it's some things that come to my way on a day-to-day basis when, when coach is not in that may stop at my desk. And, uh, you know, I try to uh, either uh, communicate that with coach or try to think like coach and think about what coach would do. So, again, um, you know, uh, obviously a little bit more responsibility and some stuff and, and being, there, being a part of a couple of meetings here and there. But, um, you know, it's just something that we, we such a family is so close-knit and family-oriented that, you know, uh, a lot of times, you know, the, the greatest thing about, about working for Coach is that he allows everyone to do their job. And, uh, and, uh, and I think uh, we have a great group. Obviously, we're like family, and uh, so we don't have any, 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 any problems communicating and working together as a group. And I'm seeing that, like, head, head coach ask. I see coach gets up, and then I see Jerry get up, you get up. I think Allen needs to get up more. Is, is his chair stuck? Is there something going on? I mean, what what do we need to do? But, I mean, I see you guys all kind of have your dynamic as a head coach, and obviously I'm joking around because I know you guys razz each other and have fun, but there's there's that vision of, of head coaches within this staff, which I think is pretty cool. That, you know, you all kind of have your moments where you get up, you point something out, you talk to somebody while they're playing. Do you like that freedom that, that Jim gives you guys to essentially, uh, you know, be able to not be the coach that's just sitting watching, but that you get to stand, you get to call something out, you get to talk with somebody. It, it, it seems like he gives you more freedom than maybe what you see from an assistant coach. Yes, you know, Coach Beheim gives us a lot of freedom. Um, he, he allows us to grow into coaches and we, we get a chance to to work for him and work under him and learn things and that's the that's the one thing about coaches that he allows you um to have to have input as coaches and, and you and you hit it best i've been in other programs where you don't have that as much input especially in game maybe you know preparing and in meetings but you know one thing about coaches he allows you know he allows us to to have input during the games and allows us to to coach so uh you know that's that's that's, that's you know you don't see that a lot. No, Jerry gets up, you get up. Why? Why is Allen more? He he's more relaxed. Why? Why is he more relaxed? Is he more cerebral? What can you tell me about Griff? Yeah, Al Al is very 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 uh, laid back, and he he he's, he observes a lot. Um, and that's just kind of his manner. You know, that's just kind of how you know how he is. Does he yell? Has he ever yelled in practice? Oh yeah, he'll yell every now and then. When he yells, though, everybody's looking because he doesn't yell a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, he's very—he—he he really takes things in. Um, you know, I—I I actually run a lot of things by him every now and then because he just—you know—he—he kind of sits back. You know, I'm—I'm I'm more. You know, I'm right there. I'm in it, and sometimes I react quicker than I probably should every now and then. But again, he's very laid back. And, and that's good. You know, you need you need you need that staff. You need a staff with with different personalities and, and see things differently. And 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 that's and that's why you know you know Allen is so valuable for us because you know he gives you a different point of view, a different a different a different a different aspect of what may be happening going on right there. So, who stands up more between you and Jerry? Well, who would you say is getting up standing more? I think me and Jerry might be a close tie. Okay, you know, but uh, I might, I might, I might stand up a little bit more. All right, I might stand up a little bit more. Uh, coming from Adrian Autry here on Wake Up Call, Adrian, as always, I appreciate it. I thank you so much and. Uh, beyond everything we got to talk about today, which I appreciate, I have to put this out there. I've done it when you and I have done uh, live shows on site, on location around Central 
in upstate New York. You are such an unsung hero because you don't, you humble yourself and you don't gloat about it. But you're the reason why so many players have come to Syracuse. You recruited them and you helped them get on to the NBA. The, the Chris McCullers and the Jeremy Grants and, you know, and, and the Tyler Ennises, I believe, and so on and so forth. And you have done so much. And without you, the only coach to go to Slovakia to see Marek Dolajai face-to-face I mean, and that meant the world, and I'm sure that meant the world to him and his father. Without you doing that and, and going after him in that way, he doesn't come to Syracuse. So I know you're humble, but I have to say to you, thank you, because this program wouldn't be where it is today without you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I appreciate your kind words. Obviously, this is a program that, that means everything to me. I'm an alum, and uh, anything that I can do to, to keep this thing at the level that Coach Beheim has built to that, I will do. Um, and, and and I think all the, all the coaches are like that. And I think that's what makes this place special. We want to continue to make it special. Um, and uh, I'm just appreciative of, 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 of guys like you, Dan, that, that uh, acknowledge that. And uh, I thank you. Absolutely. Well, listen, enjoy the day, enjoy the week. And I, I know I'll be talking with you soon, but God bless with everything and give my best to the family, okay? Okay, Dan, take care. Enjoy your day, too. Thank you. All right, take care.